Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The way that we see it, it aims to, uh, the court's decision today aims to take our country backwards. It will jeopardize the sources of clean drinking water for farmers, businesses, and millions of Americans. Uh, look, the, the Clean Water Act is the reason why America's lakes today are uh, swimmable, why we can fish in our streams and rivers, and why safe drinking water comes out of our, of our taps. That's the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, talking about the Supreme Court's unanimous decision. So she's against the unanimous ones, even the ones that involve the three liberal justices. On the phone with us right now is Charles Yates. He's with Pacific Legal. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, so um, when I've heard this case, I, I didn't even know that this was Pacific Legal that was arguing this before the Supreme Court. You guys are on a roll. You've won, what, uh, 15 of your 17 cases you've argued recently? That, that's correct. Yes, yes. We're, uh, we're doing well. We're very happy with the, with the results this term. No kidding. So if you can, please fill us in. And I, I briefly mentioned this case yesterday when I saw that the decision had been made. But fill us in on what this case means for specifically the EPA and the businesses who were suing. Yes, yes, certainly. So as I'm sure your listeners are familiar with the Clean Water Act, it, it, it's a, a permitting, it creates a permitting regime which empowers EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers to regulate the discharge of pollutants into so-called navigable waters of the waters of the United States. Now, that's the key. But for the last 50 years, as I'm sure your listeners are very much aware, uh, these federal agencies have continued to ramp up their authority and usurp power to themselves to the point where they claim the authority to regulate virtually anything. Uh, if it's damp, they claim they can regulate it. And that's precisely what happened to the Sacketts here. Uh, the Sacketts tried to build a single-family home on a residentially zoned three-quarter of an acre block in a residential subdivision, quintessentially ordinary exercise of, of land use activity. And here we have EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers came in and said they couldn't do that, threatened them with ruinous penalties, and they've now had to fight for the last 16 years in order for their right just to build a home on their property. Now, importantly, uh, EPA was claiming the authority to halt this project under something they call the significant nexus test, which comes from a 2006 concurring opinion from Justice Kennedy. And under that test, EPA and the Army Corps essentially claim the authority to regulate virtually anything that's damp, provided using technical or scientific expertise, they could map a sort of attenuated connection to a true water that would be regulated under the Clean Water Act. Importantly, what the Supreme Court has done here 
it unanimously rejected that significant nexus test. It unanimously held that the Sackett's property is not subject to Clean Water Act authority and that the significant nexus test, which the agencies have used to, to usurp authority, uh, is illegal. Also importantly, uh, a five-justice majority of the court has set forth a clear and reasonable test uh, which no longer will allow EPA and the Army Corps to, to regulate as broadly as they've been claiming and restores Congress's in, initial intent in passing the Clean Water Act. Well, fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is a big victory, especially since it was a unanimous victory. I understand that different justices issued different uh, uh, opinions, but still a 9-0 is a 9-0. Now, let me ask you narrowly, before we get to maybe the broader implications here, Narrowly, when you hear a case, uh, average American hears a case about the EPA, you might think that doesn't really impact them much. But explain how this might impact even somebody listening today beyond the family, the Sacketts, who were suing. So, yes, this has significant implications for property owners around the country. And the reason being is that the Clean Water Act, it creates two permitting regimes. It creates one permitting regime which regulates the discharge of sort of mobile pollutants, what one might traditionally think is water pollution. So, say, discharging a, a pollutant, a mobile pollutant like mercury directly into a, a river or something like that. But there's an additional permitting regime that, that empowers the agencies to regulate the discharge of dredge and fill material. Uh, so simple dredge and fill activities. And because they claimed such broad authority to regulate wetlands, they were claiming that virtually anything is, that is damp, if you did something that might disturb that area, uh, they could come in, they could sue you, they could make you get a federal permit, they could even send you to prison for doing something you couldn't possibly have known was illegal. So the sort of activities that the, the agencies have claimed authority over under this 404 permit program, combined with their incredibly broad understanding of what is a navigable water, include just really ordinary activities like putting a foundation down to build a home, like what the Sacketts were doing. Um, or earth-moving activity and furtherance of that. Uh, even the most basic activities, we've had clients in the past who have found themselves in EPA and the Army Corps' crosshairs, farmers who are doing something as simple as ploughing a field to plant wheat because the agencies claimed that by uh, disturbing topsoil in, in a damp area they claimed was a navigable water, uh, uh, was a, a dredge and fill that required a federal permit. So Charles Yates is on the phone with us. He's with Pacific Legal. They just argued this case with uh, about the EPA before the Supreme Court this week and got a victory. Now, broadly, now that's the narrow uh, what it means right now for people concerning the EPA. I, I want to know if this has any implications broader for the federal government at large. Is this sending a message from the Supreme Court to other federal agencies that don't you can't overstep your boundaries? I think it sends a very strong message. For, for so many years, uh, agencies have essentially claimed policymaking authority. So, you know, under our separation of powers, our elected representatives in the Congress, as democratically elected representatives, they have the power to create policy, to legislate, to, to make laws that, that touch on the lives of individuals. But for so many years, federal agencies have claimed authority under, under broad grants from Congress to essentially engage in the policymaking uh, uh, process themselves. And that's precisely what EPA and the Army Corps have done with these WOTUS rules, is they've said, well, 
we're going to define what is a navigable water. And in doing so, we're going to take into account what we think is best for the environment and for water quality. They're essentially legislating. Rather than simply doing what Congress has instructed them to do, uh, they're taking that and they're running with it and they're making policy that affects the lives of individuals. So by putting EPA and the Army Corps in their place in this case, uh, what the Supreme Court has done, it has sent a very strong signal. It has said, we need to read the text of the statute. And federal agencies, bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., you need to read the text of the statute. And you cannot go further than what Congress has authorised to do. You are not lawmakers. You're in the executive branch. And that's something we're seeing in, in more and more decisions from the Supreme Court, this restoration of the separation of powers. And there is important implications of the Sackett case for that because it sends a very strong message to the agencies and the decision itself contains a few important kind of side notes about uh, agency authority under statutes passed by Congress. So Charles, what I hear you saying is that it, it is definitely sending a message to other organizations, other agencies in the federal government outside the EPA. Uh, the question is, do there need to be lawsuits that reach the Supreme Court concerning all other branches of government now, or does this have the, the intended effect that all other branches kind of see this and go, oh, I see the writing on the wall? Well, you would hope that it did. Uh, you would really hope that it did. But uh, unfortunately, it seems federal agencies, uh, we've seen it time and time again, uh, are unwilling to heed the, the, the warnings of, of the judicial branch. They're power hungry, and they'll interpret things narrowly and continue doing what they're doing. So I'd say, unfortunately, we're going to see continued litigation over illegal agency power. But I will say that, that some of the dicta in the Sackett opinion will be very helpful in, in those fights and in putting federal executive branch agencies back within their proper role within the separation of powers. Well, Charles, as usual, since we're dealing with a political environment, I mean, these are this is politics. Uh, ultimately, it comes to the court. It's, it's all involved with political agencies and things like that. Uh, you have politicians weighing in. I saw this morning that Fox News wrote an article about Chuck Schumer, who said that he he is extremely disappointed with this decision and saying that this is a quote-unquote MAGA court, <laughs> even though, again, this was a 9-0 to decision that was made. His quote was, this MAGA Supreme Court is continuing to erode our country's environmental laws. Uh, make no mistake, this ruling will mean more polluted water and more destruction of wetlands. Now, I, I understand that you're arguing a specific case, but is there any merit to what he's saying? Well, I'll start with a disclaimer that uh, I'm, uh, I'm no expert on, on politics, uh, or what Mr. Schumer may, sure. or, may or may not have said. But, but I will say that's an absurd suggestion. Uh, this decision was 9-0. Uh, it was a unanimous decision rebuking the agencies uh, for their usurpation of authority and their claim of limitless authority. Sure, uh, there was a concurrence and there was a majority opinion. There was some disagreement in the reasoning. Uh, but to suggest that this is somehow a, a partisan decision is utterly absurd, given the unanimity of the court in slapping down EPA in their illegal activities. I'll also note uh, something that's really important when we're talking about water pollution and the, the potential impacts of this decision is that this decision, all it does is it restores the agency to their proper role. It brings some proper discipline to the federal-state balance. The Clean Water Act itself recognises that state and local governments have primary authority over land and water use, and the federal government just has limited authority under this statute. So, 
There is nothing in this decision that would prevent the states and local governments from regulating wetlands as they say fit. And that's how it should be within our federal system. It should be state and local representatives who know and understand local conditions that are setting policy for something like wetlands preservation, not bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., Exactly. And it's one of the reasons I think I love to see that you guys are out there doing what you do at Pacific Legal. You guys are racking up victories. Like we said at the beginning of the segment here, you've won 15 out of your 17 cases before the Supreme Court. Uh, You guys are making a name for yourself. You're doing great work. How do people connect with Pacific Legal if they want to find out more about what you have done or what you're doing currently? Yes, yeah, so I'd encourage people to go to our website, pacificlegal.org, and you can read about, about our public interest work, litigating to defend private property rights and the constitutional freedoms that make this country such a great place. Charles, really appreciate your time, and keep us informed. Keep us at the top of the list when you guys are there. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Up getting the insides. All right, you ready to get crazy? Let's get crazy. International news is what's being made here, and I bet you haven't heard much about it. (laughs) I think because things are so crazy all the time that something like this, remember when the sheep was cloned, Dolly the sheep? I think that was in Italy, maybe, and that was international news. This is way bigger than that, and you haven't even heard about it. The first child created using three-parent DNA has been born in the U.K., Three-parent DNA, also known as mitochondrial donation treatment, is used during in vitro fertilization. A different type of IVF, though. The process involves a nucleus of a donor's egg being hollowed out while keeping the healthy mitochondria in the egg's shell. 
Then the nucleus of the mother's egg, which contains the majority of the DNA, is inserted with the defective or risky parts of a mother's egg supplemented with a donor egg. The egg is then fertilized using the father's sperm, and then the em embryo is chosen and implanted in the mother's uterus using a now typical IVF procedure. A small portion of the donor egg keeps the DNA from the donor, leading to the colloquial term, three-parent DNA. Every time this happens, and here's why it's controversial, embryos at the very beginning stage of a living human being are destroyed. I don't see why they have to do that, though. From learning about this, I don't see why they have to destroy embryos at all. I guess they're making enough of them to make sure that enough take to make a baby, but... I don't know why they would have to destroy ones that didn't take. It seems like the mom could still wait and freeze them as typical IVF could. I know a lot of parents who do this, they do make more embryos or at the time little, you know, the, like the, the three cell, like the gametes come together and then all of a sudden you have like a couple cells and they freeze it, uh, whatever that's called. I'm sure there's a term that I'm missing. Um, a lot of parents will make more than they need and then get rid of the ones that they don't, which means, you know, technically once the gametes come together, you do have a new life right there. And that to me is, I almost want to get away from the term abortion because it's so loaded, but that would be getting rid of a life, a separate life until then when it's just sperm and egg, it's not life. It's just parts of a, another, of a person. But once they come together, they form a new person. And by the way, if you've never seen, it's really a miraculous thing. They have all kinds of theories as to why this happens, but they don't really know. When sperm and egg come together, and I know this because we went through this process, um, <clears throat> when they come together, a flash happens. It's like whew, life is created. I'm not kidding. You can look it up if you want to right now. On your phone, you can see the videos. But back to three-parent children. Despite the experimental nature of this technology, clinics elsewhere in Europe permitted MDT in 2019, but now the first British baby has been born after being conceived through a DNA of three parents. The exact details are still unknown, but The Guardian reported that a clinic in Newcastle, the only one in the UK licensed to perform this, has seen a small number of babies born with the number being less than five. So apparently this has already happened. So you there's no way to pin down like the first three parent baby because apparently they did a few, but each case has to be approved by the HFE, the Human Fertilization Embryotic Authority. So far, 30 approvals have been given. While Parliament approved this in Britain, the Catholic Bishops Conference of England and Wales condemned the destruction of life it would inevitably cause and apparently already is saying, quote, there are also serious ethical objections to this procedure, which involve the destruction of human embryos as part of the process. Of course, I mean, that's 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 the, where the debate lies, it seems. The rest of it seems just kind of weird, but, you know, certainly not unethical. Um, the human embryo is a new human life, they say, and should be respected and protected from the moment of conception. I couldn't agree more. Though this is not the first child to be born from three-parent DNA, which is ridiculous. That, that's what the head of the article said. Uh, it's actually, it said one was born in Mexico in 2016. It says the procedure remains largely experimental with long-term effects on, ch on the child remaining unknown. So while they're saying this is the first one born, but I guess <clears throat> they're saying also that the one that was born in Mexico in 2016, they weren't able to really verify. So they're saying this might be the first one. I don't know. It's, it's clouded in a lot of secrecy. I guess that's the nature of medical procedures. And 
that's what medical procedures should have is secrecy. You know, they shouldn't do things like, for instance, broadcast your name to your employer if you don't get a certain medical treatment or make it illegal for you to ride the bus in certain countries or take away your access to banks if you don't get a certain medical treatment. It should be pretty private, I would think, right? I would think that we would all agree with that. All right, let's take a short break. We're going to get Trisha back here. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In here before the end of the show, but we'll be right back with more Wiggins America. I'm sitting here looking at a magazine. I know I'm supposed to start talking right now. Okay, so I am. I'm looking at a magazine cover of Julia Louis-Dreyfus on People. And I'm thinking a couple things. One... She doesn't really age. Neither does Paul Rudd, although he's famous for not aging. I guess she kind of is too. And second, what happened to the cast of Seinfeld? It's like they divided politically. Am I wrong? Not that anybody became a conservative, but uh, George Costanza, what's his name? Jason Alexander and Julia Louis-Dreyfus definitely left. Jerry Seinfeld... He probably doesn't want to be called a conservative and isn't one, but he's definitely an independent thinker and says things publicly that you go, hey, he's got a good point. I like Jerry Seinfeld. I like when when he says stuff, I like to hear what it is because you never really know what it's going to be. Um, Michael Richards, I have no idea what happened to him other than he apparently made a racist joke at a comedian at a comedy club at some point and got canceled. But I don't really know even what the joke was or whether it was it really was a bad joke or in bad taste or whether it was mild and cancel culture got a hold of him. I really have no idea. But man, he's just been gone. He probably just doesn't want any attention. Anyway, that's not the purpose of this segment. It's easy to do, isn't it? Get off topic. The purpose of this segment is to talk about something completely different, and I have a ton of audio to play, and I can't wait to bring it to you because I've had this kind of a, sitting on it the whole show. Old Roy looks like he's bailed on us. <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way, big dude. Uh, love you. Wish you could have been here. Um, these are hoaxes from the last few years. Really, all hoaxes surrounding Donald Trump or conservative world since Trump's been in office, and there's so many of them. I actually have kept a running list because, like you, you hear one and you go, oh, let's add that to the list. I actually have been keeping a list. Aren't you proud of me? So if you ever want it, let me know, and I'll I'll try to get the whole thing to you because it's pretty extensive. Number one, Russian collusion. That one just keeps being disproved. Isn't that amazing? 
Because it, that's that's the point of the hoax, right? Is that once it becomes a part of the narrative, people just keep believing it regardless of what comes out against it because they, they've got their preconceived notions. These are all these kinds of things. Trump called neo-Nazis fine people. That's called the fine people hoax. Look that up. Jesse Smollett. Need I say more? Bubba Wallace and the garage pull being a noose. The Covington kids. CNN smeared them. They lost a lawsuit over it. Governor Whitmer kidnapping plot. Remember that? Yeah, that was uh, entrapment. Basically, the FBI set them up to do that and then arrested them for it. There's been some little things that percolated after that was revealed, but it's still revealed. Uh, Kavanaugh raping someone. Never proven, but people still say it. The Trump P-tape, which is tied into Russian collusion. Here's the one that I really wanted to hit. COVID was a lab leak. COVID was not started by natural circumstances. It was started in a lab in Wuhan. And there are a lot of ties to our government, especially the NIH, and you can walk back the funding. And that's where I want to pause for a second because I've got audio I want to play for you. I really, I really don't want to believe conspiracies. I approach them with skepticism, but when they pass the smell test and the fact test and you keep going, I can't disprove this, then you start to go, hey, there's something here. That's one of those, and COVID in general, because there's so many things with COVID. The COVID era, I have a feeling when we look back on this, we're still a little bit too close to it, but I do get the sense that it, the, the corners being turned where even average people who are all in on COVID hysteria are now realizing, oh my gosh, I think I was in a fog. What just happened? And you kind of see how mass hysteria happens because people are sheep. I mean, ultimately, the herd's going to go, and if you just go with them, uh, you, you may not like where it, it goes. All right, here's the audio from Dr. Fauci. Now, let me set this up. This is from one week, I think roughly, before Trump took office in 2016. This is Dr. Fauci speaking before he was really a household name. Given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and, and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations, um, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. Well, wait a second now. Now you can see it here. There's like violin music behind it. It's one of those now this videos. It just It's just a four minute long clip of him speaking right before Donald Trump took office. Did you hear what he said right at the end? Let me play that real quick again. Burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. Now, is he just using those words because he's saying, well, we're, we're just due. There's going to be a surprise outbreak because we're due. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say right before Donald Trump takes office. And there's more to that, too, by the way. And I'll get to it, too. But Dr. Fauci, in that four minutes right before 
And he's the head of the NIH, okay? Head of a lot of money. In fact, they say that was really his power, is that he had complete control over where massive amounts of money were spent. And that he spent a lot of money in China, in Wuhan, in these labs. That doesn't prove, that clip does not prove that it was predetermined that they were going to release this thing at the end of Trump's term. But, dear Lord, if it doesn't sound like it, this is the stuff conspiracies are made of. Because you can't really prove that he was saying for sure there will be a surprise outbreak. That's literally what he says. But you, 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 you also, the way he's phrasing it in the rest of the clip, and I'll play some of the rest of it here just for context, is that he's talking about that we're kind of due for one of these things. But, but why would you set that up? I mean, I guess it's your job. A lot of money's tied to it. Here's the rest. And you got to get the leaders and the policymakers involved. What is for sure that no matter what, history has told us definitively that it will happen because infectious diseases, as I said eight years ago in this article with David Morins and Greg Fokers, that it is a perpetual challenge. It is not going to go away. So the thing we're extraordinarily confident about is that we are going to see this in the next few years. Thank you. That's how he ends the speech. I mean, I'm not making it. That's where, that's right there. I'm not spinning this. That's what it is. <laughs> Look, again, I approach these things skeptically, but throughout that four minutes, I played basically the beginning and the end of it. In the middle, he just talks about articles and stuff and whatever. But he he's priming the pump for, hey, look, we're going to have a global outbreak within the next few years, in his words. If that's not conspiracy stuff, I don't know what is. Come on. Come on. Here's some other ones that have been disproved as I continue on my list here. That border agents whipped migrants. Not true. Trump saved nuclear secrets at Mar-a-Lago. Look, these were all media narratives, by the way. It's, it's like funny now, but these were, these were driving the news cycle. This is stuff that tarnishes people's reputation, in particular, mostly Trump. The Steele dossier, it's all tied to Russian collusion. Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. Trump saying drinking bleach would fight COVID. He never said that. He said crazy things from the podium, but he really didn't say that. If you want to listen to it, go ahead. Uh, there's a Muslim travel ban. No, there wasn't. Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. It's one of my favorites. 51 CIA agents or law enforcement agents at high levels came out and said that, published that. They said Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. They were all lying. They knew it. They were just lying. Andrew Cuomo is the best at COVID leadership. Now, <clears throat> what's funny is I wrote that and I thought there's not really a, a conspiracy there or anything. That was just kind of something that people said. And it wasn't true. There's really no truth to it at all. But, but then what's funny is that within the last week or so, an unlikely source was saying that. <laughs> it was Donald Trump. He's attacking Ron DeSantis and saying, look, New York's numbers were better than Florida's. Well, per capita, they're not. And that's all really all that matters. Um, he was saying that tr Florida's numbers are third worst in the nation behind New York and California, by the way. So that didn't even make sense. But then per capita, um, their COVID deaths, if you want to use their numbers, CDC numbers, were 
he, in Florida was at about 18th in the nation. So like pretty much in the middle of the pack, especially for a very populated and older populated uh, state. <clears throat> All right, continuing here. Trump built cages for migrant kids. That was false, but they used it a lot. And now they don't care about it. Um, Trump overfed koi fish in Japan. <laughs> Build Back Better will pay for itself. I'll add to that. The wall will pay for itself. It didn't, but that's a Trump thing. Trump tax cuts benefited only the rich. We actually have data on this that if you didn't hear me talking about on the Annie Fry show this week, uh, we actually it was last week, Ted Cruz came out and showed the data on CNBC that our, our government income has actually increased since 2017, since these tax cuts were passed. And that's what Trump and Republicans said would happen. And it did. It really did. If you want to look this up, you can. It's hard to find. But if you want to find that clip with Ted Cruz on CNBC, that's probably the easiest way to find it. It really has gone up. The problem is since then, our spending has gone up so much more that our national debt has also gone up. But the Trump tax cuts, as far as bringing in tax revenue, did work. And one of the primary reasons for that is because it made us even with other nations as far as our corporate tax. And it onshored a lot of businesses that were previously offshored. And that was kind of the point of the whole thing. Cloth masks prevent COVID. If you get vaccinated, you won't catch COVID. Gosh, I could just go on and on. We're out of time in this segment, though, so I'm going to have to run. But stick around. Trisha's coming in next. We'll be right back. Don't you know, man, I could cry. Old Trisha's in studio. Oh, hey, old Ryan. Hey. Nice to see you. We're all old. We're Everybody's all technically so older old. every time we do this show. We are at least a week older than we were last time. So a topic I wanted to discuss with you before we got to the end of the show today is a poll that I keep seeing come up, and I so I can't really deny it anymore. And it's it's one that you already know in your heart. This poll is just telling you what you already knew. As they consider who to vote for in the upcoming 2024 presidential election, American voters are confident about who they don't want to see in the office. When asked who they do want to see in the White House next, they were less certain, according to poll results released Thursday. Monmouth University Polling Institute conducted the survey of 918 voters age 18 and older across the country and in hypothetical scenarios involving President Joe Biden running as a Democrat nominee against three different Republicans, just under half the electorate says they have definitely ruled out supporting the incumbent. And then, this is nearly identical to the number who have already ruled out former President Donald Trump, but there's a little bit more deference given to Ron DeSantis or Mike Pence. Those are the other one that they gave. So, basically, everybody's going... I don't really want to vote at all in this election. <laughs> However, I know who I don't want to vote for, and it ain't that guy. And it's different across the country depending on who the guys are, but is this we already knew this, right? I think that this is indicative of human nature in general. A, a lot of us know in anything, even outside of politics, what we don't want. We don't like that. We mm-hmm. don't that we don't want this. That's not the outcome. But there is a smaller number of people that actually know what they do want, what their main goal is, what their objective is, who that. And when you're talking about a political candidate, it's so much ideological based that in reality, the perfect person probably doesn't exist. So it's hard to say, and especially this early on, it's hard to say that's my guy Mm -hmm. because that guy is human and could do X, Y, and Z before it's time to pull the trigger on anything. 
But it's easier to say that's not my guy because he's already done A, B, C, D, E, and F. And you're like, I don't like that. So it's this doesn't actually surprise me at all. What was your question? <laughs> there wasn't one. Those are great points. Um, first of all, that a generic candidate is always going to pull better than a real one <clears throat> because the real one's always going to have qualities that you don't like or positions that you don't like. Uh, I was talking with a good friend of mine, who, actually, who listens to the show pretty frequently at once, and I, we were talking politics. We always do. We just talk about whatever, and politics usually is part of that. And uh, this was during Trump's campaign, or not campaign, but during his tenure as president. And I, he didn't really like, he doesn't like Trump. Um, he's conservative, fairly, but he doesn't like Trump. And I said, but what did you, did you vote for Romney? And he said, yeah, I did. And I said, but you know, so you're, you're always sacrificing something when you vote because you can't vote for yourself. I mean, I guess you could. No, but that's the nature of, right? That's yeah, the nature that's of politics. Exactly what you're saying. You, you pick a side that aligns most closely with you. Yeah. And you vote on the things that are most important to you, knowing that there is in any situation when you have to choose between one of two things, you're going to be giving yeah. up something. You and I are both Illinois voters. Sure. Uh, there is a lot you have to sacrifice to win in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just ran a great candidate in Darren Bailey. He didn't even come close. If we had ran, um, what was his name? Richard, uh, I can't remember. He's from Aurora. Mm-hmm. He's a former mayor. If we had ran him, he was less conservative but I think had a, ver- a much better chance to win. The only reason I think he had a better chance to win is because Pritzker was running attack ads on him before the primary even started. He was most afraid of that guy. And we didn't, the primary did not vote for him. We voted for mm-hmm. Darren Bailey. And there's, you know, people are saying, well, I don't want to give, if I'm going to vote for a Republican, I want to vote for a real Republican. I get that. You don't want to vote halfway, but also, when you get down to two candidates between somebody like a Pritzker and a whoever. Irvine, Richard Irvine. Richard Irvine. Yes, thank you. Um, when you get down to that, you're always sacrificing something. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of the election, you're always voting for somebody who's not perfectly aligned with you. And separate point. It is much easier to say, I don't want that. My wife and I have a date night tonight, and we've been talking for days about where we're going to go eat. I was just going to bring that up. Besides stepping out of the politics, how often do you and married couples everywhere know this fight? And I'm sure you do this with kids, too. What are we having for dinner? Mm -hmm. And you can rattle off a list of things, and none of it sounds good, but I can tell you exactly what I don't want. Mm -hmm. You know what's actually gotten easier with kids? Because with the three of them, they're all nine, nine, and six now, almost six. Uh, They they have preferences, but we kind of know like the ballpark. So we have about four or five restaurants that we're like, well, it's going to be one of these. So that actually makes it easier when it's my wife and I like doing this date night that we're going to go on tonight. Endless possibilities. I mean, we can go anywhere. Ah, and we're like, oh my gosh. Too many choices. But we have to make it count because mm-hmm. we get so few of these. So we're like, okay, do you want Italian? No, we don't want Italian. Do you want Chinese? Never. She doesn't want Chinese. So we're down to like, okay, we're just getting rid of genres. But separate, you know, that's, that's I think... All of our minds went to that same spot yep. to uh, how do you find a restaurant? How do you find a candidate? Same thing. You just cross off what you don't like. Conversely, do you think that this fight, they're including Mike Pence in this poll. I don't know why. He hasn't even declared. 
Yeah, that's interesting to me that his name is popping up from time to time. Yeah. To me that it, I don't know. We'll see what happens. He was he was fundraising like crazy, and then he's just off the map. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened if he you know took the money to run or <laughs> what, but obviously it's going to be either Trump or DeSantis. There, nobody else really has a strong chance, unless there's some weird dark horse. Because even in 2016... Unless somebody blows themselves up, and that's possibly. why it's so hard to back anybody. But even if one of those two blew himself up, <clears throat> it would just be the other one, you know? So you'd have to have both of them blow themselves up. And I don't know how you see I, Trump do that, that anymore. See, and I, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't know that there's not a path for DeSantis blowing himself up and somebody else taking the nomination from Trump. Because I think Trump has enough baggage. The, the non-Trump vote would yes. go to somebody else. Yes. Well, that's that's possible. But um, unless it's somebody like Tim Scott. You know, at this stage in the 2015 primary, Trump already had a solid base. So you're talking about somebody coming from uh, like single digits right now. I'm just saying uh, anything can happen. It can happen. It's just even in unprecedented primaries, you don't really see that happen. But let's say that it is Trump and DeSantis or DeSantis. Is their fighting going to hurt them in the general, do you think? Or is this more like, hey, more attention on them, the better, because you're hearing about it. While it is nasty, you are hearing about their policies more. No, I don't think that their fighting will hurt them in the general and as far as conservatives voting for the GOP candidate. What, I, but what about whoever comes out of that fight versus Biden? Are they are they beat up and bruised to where they can't really fight Biden? Because Biden's not really going to have. Well, he's not going to have any debates. We know that for sure. He may have a little bit of a fight with RFK, but I don't think it's going to be a serious one. I mean, he's polling fairly well, but I don't think he's anybody's going to take him. I don't know. You know what you're getting with Biden and you know what you're getting with Trump. And I think that if those are the two candidates, there's a very good chance that we'll get another four years of Biden or however long he can make it. I think if it's anybody but Trump against Biden, I think that person, regardless of who they are, will have the reverse Biden factor going on where it was anybody but Trump when we put Joe Biden in office. I think there is a chance for whoever the candidate is to be anybody but Biden as long as it's not Trump. You basically just said everything that I was going to ask you in the next three minutes. So we have no reason to continue this segment. Mm, should we sing? No reason to continue do a this little show. Bit, a Why little... don't you do the bump music out? Go ahead. Get, well, name a tune. Okay. Uh, putting on the Ritz. I'm putting on the Ritz. Do, do, do. I don't know this no, song. That's the, that you Is got that, it. Did I get it? Yeah. Perfect. Yes. All right. <laughs> you All right. are welcome. And that is how you end a show right there. <laughs> Big. Thank you, Trisha. Thanks, Ryan. All right, see you next week. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can 
put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 